Welcome to Leader Talks with the MYC. My name is Matt Taylor and I'll be the host today. And I can't wait to talk about a fun little series that we're going to do called Find Your Way to Yes. If you've been like me, you've encountered many, many times either a manager or a leader using their favorite word, sometimes it seems, is no. You know, you have this idea, you have this goal, you have this dream and you share it, you present it. It's amazing. And then all of a sudden you're hit with no. And sometimes it can be disheartening and you just want to give up, but I'm convinced that you can find your way to yes, no matter what it is. It's a process, it's a journey, but I hope to be able to help you with that today. So again, this is going to be a series, so it's going to be over a few different talks that we have. And uh, tonight I just kind of want to highlight three different ideas for you, just three different ideas. So we're going to start with number one on this journey of finding your way to yes, and that is to start with why. Number one is to start with why. Having a good idea of why you want to do something is super important. We can get caught up in the what, the what being either having an event or having a party or wanting to do something so extravagant that it is just going to change the world overnight. But if you don't understand why you want to do it, it's going to be a very difficult sell to your leader because they have a lot of other things on their mind that they're thinking and that they're processing. So if you are in the church world, in your own staff. You have a pastor who is responsible ultimately for the vision and direction of the church, but you also have a board that they have to work with in, in a sense of accountability. If you're in a corporate world and you have a manager and then you have a district manager and a regional manager, then you have the you know the board, the vice president, the president, the CEO. Everybody is accountable to somebody along the way. And if our goal and our dream doesn't line up with the vision of our organization, then it's going to be very, very difficult for that to happen because anything that is not with the vision takes away from the vision and it's immediately going to be hit with a no. And so understanding why, why do you want to do what you want to do? And can you articulate it well enough to where it lines up with the vision to help you move forward? One of the best books that I've ever read was that simple statement, Start With Why by Simon Sinek. And here's the deal. Vision is important. You need it to know where you're going. Your why keeps you going to accomplish the goal. So knowing your why helps you move forward. If it's an event, if it's a job, if it's a responsibility, if it's a purpose, understanding your why helps you keep going forward. It helps you get the sell. So for me, I remember my wife and I, we first started in kids ministry. Uh, we did it as a couple. It was you know early 2010. Well, it was in the 2010s. It was September 1st of 2010 is when we stepped into this journey of being kids pastors. And uh, and I, I just remember being excited. We were going through our, our district school of ministry. We were credentialed. We finally got our piece of paper that said we could pastor a church if we wanted to. Now, I'm not going to lie. We were in no position to, to do that. But we had showed due process. We had, had been working, studying, getting everything ready. And I'll never forget, we were at a table. And uh, again, so proud, casting vision, casting dreams for what was going to be uh, as we stepped into this new journey of kids ministry. And one of the things we wanted to do was build our own curriculum so that way we could have a unique fingerprint on the lives of our kids and uh, and we could do some very fun, creative things. And I'll never forget at the table, two people that we really looked up to that were on our team and uh, just had a passion. They had seen Christy grow up from uh, from just from birth, literally a part of her life, all of her life. And I'll never forget the statement that was made. 
they looked to our pastor at the time and said, but do you really think that they are capable to do that? Do you think they're really able to write kids' church curriculum? I'm not going to lie. I was super offended, right? I was thinking, lady, do you not know the schooling we just went through? Do you not know this little piece of paper that I have that said I could pastor a church if I wanted to? Do you not know the dreams and the visions and the hard work that we've put into this and like where we're going, what could happen if we do this? Like, don't you know? And the more I thought about it, the more I was determined to prove her wrong. Now, y'all, again, this is not from a place of arrogance, not a place from pride. It was just a a sense of me wanting to say, you know what? We are more than qualified to do this. We can definitely build a kid's church sermon, but... My why is what helped me keep would help me keep going forward. I knew that if we did this, it would be best for the kids. So what I had to do is I had to learn how to lead those who didn't want to be led. I had to learn how to lead those that thought they were the one leading the room. Now, Christy and I at the time, we were in uh, our early 20s. And so, you know, this was like mom and dad to us, or at least they felt like they were that to us, um, these leaders on our team at the time. And so it, we had to learn how to, to lead them. And we went through some frustrating times because we had to help them think that it was their idea for us to accomplish. But... The benefit in that is we understood our why. We knew that if A plus B equaled C, then the end result being the kids getting the best experience that they had, it was okay for them to think like it was their their idea. It was okay for them to feel the ownership. And, and honestly, it was a great thing for us to learn how to do because early on we learned that it wasn't about, I'm the leader. You're going to listen to me because I'm the leader. We learned how to lead them where they were and ultimately got the result. If I got caught up in my frustration and my offense, we never would have accomplished the things that we did because we would have stopped at the first roadblock. But here's the deal. We found a way to yes because we started with our why. And because we knew that it couldn't just be about Christy and myself, we understood that it was about the kids. We were able to get creative to help them get the idea themselves, to show ownership of it, and help us get to where we were going. Again, it wasn't about Matt and Christy. It was about the kids. So number one, start with why. Number two is a question, and it's uh, it's a fun one. How do you feel? Question, how do you feel? So it's a cliche statement, but it's very true. And I learned that uh, early on in my years of being a, or in my year of being a store manager for GameStop, I worked with the company for several years. Um, but when I got to go to Natchez, I learned that emotional health is a very real thing. It is a very real thing, especially with your team, because people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Everybody has life going on. You know, in, in the corporate world, GameStop was very, very much uh, excited about opening their doors and having sales and focusing on the business as a whole, which as a business, it was their right to do. But that business is made up of employees, and those employees have a very real life that they're dealing with outside of the walls. So the concept of just clock in, leave your baggage at the door, and then clock out and then pick up your baggage and go home is nice in theory, but it doesn't exactly happen that way because we're dealing with a very real life. And so how can you check in on the emotional health of what you're doing? Because here's the deal. It's going to take a team to get where you're going, and you have a why. And your, your team is there to help, but you need to make sure that they're emotionally helping. So here's the thing. The emotional health of your team is super important. 
And again, as cliche as it is, the statement is true. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. They'll walk through fire with you if you've walked through it with them. And I'll never forget, I was, man, early on, this was even before we got into kids ministry. So I was 20 years old, had no business being a store manager for GameStop. I just had a lot of personality, had a lot of experience, and there's just a just the right place at the right time of, an, of a door opened into what was a gold mine in Natchez, Mississippi. And so I remember signing up and, and through life, we were able to kind of get there. Man, I didn't have any training. I didn't know how to be a store manager. I didn't know how to hire people. I didn't know how to fire people. I didn't know about HR paperwork. I didn't know anything. I'm going to say that again. I didn't know anything. And I remember being told from my district manager at the time, hey, Matt, if you need anything, don't ever hesitate to reach out to this specific uh, store manager at this store because he can help you with it. Well, here's the deal. I had a lot of questions. What does it mean to be a store manager? Does that mean that although we have a company policy, I can begin to change things to help a customer in need? Because again, we're here for the customer because that's what the company says. Am I able am I to keep it like to the book? We don't waver at all for anything at any time. How do we do this when I find out that apparently before I got here, we are missing thousands of dollars of equipment? How how do I reconcile that for our inventory? There's a lot of questions that I had. So I asked them to the person I was told to ask, but I'll never forget. I got a call one day and it was from my district manager. And he said, Matt, I don't know how to tell you this, but I need you to put the man in manager and lead your store. Again, I'm 20 years old. I have never had any formal training from the company on how to be a store manager responsible not only for the thousands of dollars that come in and out through the store during the day, all of the equipment and the inventory that we have, a team of 10 people, and in the responsibilities that I have to you know our HR department when it comes to inventory, as well as it comes to the legal matters of hiring and firing employees. Didn't get a lick of training. But here I am told to put the man in manager and I remember how I felt. And I remember that I, I didn't feel I didn't feel capable. I didn't feel like I was able to trust the manager that I was told to call and talk to. I didn't feel like I could trust my district manager. And that put me in a position where I made a determination that day that I would not be that manager for my team. That was not how it was going to be because I remember how I felt. I remember just the insecurity that I had. I remember feeling not good enough, not qualified enough. But again, I had a, I had a little fight in me that said, you know what? Okay, that's fine. I'll put the man in manager and I will, I will do it just as you want to, sir. And I'll just, I just won't ask any questions again. Now, was that the right thing to do? Probably not, but it's my story. We're going to go with it. Okay. And so that's what we did. And I just, I determined that day that I go back and I look at some of the best times that I had in my life. And, and I made some major mistakes early on because of, of ignorance, because I felt like I had to, to be this role, this be this authority in the room. But one of the best things that I learned to do was to check on the emotional health of my people. How do you feel? How are you doing? Because you cannot separate life from what it is that you do. It, it goes hand in hand like we can like to say hey you know what we can process this later but the reality is if you have a major life event going on in your world you can't just check out of that and so when I saw it as my responsibility to not only just lead my team in getting numbers and getting quota and getting all of that but also checking in on the emotional health of them and making sure that they were fine and being a friend to them and showing care and concern to them 
what happened in our store was absolutely incredible. We skyrocketed in numbers. We we met all of our quotas. We met all of our goals. We were number one in the district. We made it through the holiday season, and and we did it together as a team. And there was a trust there. They they forgave me for being dumb, and because I made a lot again, I made a lot of wrong choices. But we had each other's back. Again, how do you find your way to yes? How do you find your way to to your goal? And it starts with why, knowing why you're doing it, but it also is understanding how you feel in the team that you have on board. I'll never forget those early years, and they truly crafted me into, into being who I came to be today. Number three is obstacles are opportunities. Again, obstacles are opportunities. Every obstacle is simply an opportunity. Everything in life is a negotiation. You may have heard that phrase on uh, Facebook or through some ads of, about a master class, and, and I truly believe that. Uh, after I made my way from GameStop to Toyota, ultimately, because I didn't feel valued, ultimately, I didn't feel uh, trusted and empowered, and there were some decisions and promises that were made to me that I'd be able to further my ministry career again. Uh, there was just some some things that we had talked about that were going to be in place that changed at the last minute, and hey, as a company, they were definitely entitled to do that, um, but I just had to make a choice ultimately for me and my family, and so I shifted from selling video games to selling cars and required to move back from Natchez to Brookhaven, where I was serving on staff at a church, and y'all, when I tell you I didn't know a thing about car- cars, I did not know a single thing about cars. I had personality, and that's it. Remember, there was no training, zero training at GameStop on a corporate level uh, to help me do what I was asked to do. And so when I come to selling cars, I have this immediate stereotype of uh, every car dealership is crooked, every salesman is dirty, and here I am trying to be a pastor and selling used cars. Well, not only used cars, but also new cars. But here's the thing. Here's what I learned through Toyota and through uh, several different trainings we did as a company, uh, through the Toyota company, but also through some training we did at uh, with Joe Verdi, who was a self-proclaimed legend car salesman, which he did a phenomenal job, and his training was cool. And one of the things that he taught is that every obstacle is an opportunity. Because what you got to do is you got to find your way into the conversation. So here's here's what I mean. Someone comes up to a car dealership and they're there looking to buy a car. Now they can either buy a car from you or they can buy a car down the road. Most obstacles come because there's either nervousness or there's tension or there's a little frustration or it's a big purchase because we're looking at a $30,000 car. There is something there that is a, that is holding them back. But here's the deal. You have to figure it out and you have to work with them. And so there were some cool things. Uh, and so I'm going to let you in on an insider secret for the car world. Okay, so there are some stats that are super fun and proved to be true, at least in my time in car sales. Uh, but everything is is planned and intentional, right? So if you have uh, a car salesman who knows what they're doing, they're going to ask you a lot of yes and no questions designed for you to say yes. And so, for example, if you like to go travel and you happen to mention that you like to hit the road and you're on the road a lot, well, they're going to say, man, so safety is important to you, huh? And you are going to say yes, because they understand if you say yes 
40 times in 40 minutes, there's a 70% chance that you will buy the car that day. It's just statistic. It's proven. It's super cool. Uh, but then they're going to ask a lot of open-ended questions like, hey, what do you do for fun? And then they're going to tie in what you do for fun into why you should buy that vehicle. Because here's the deal. Every obstacle is an opportunity to overcome. And what they're doing is slowly digging away to figuring out what it is that you want to ease your ease your emotions, ease your nervousness, ease what whatever to help you buy the car. And I'll never forget, uh, I was, this is just a fun story. I was at the Toyota dealership and I walked out and, and again, guys, I'm new. This is like, I just finished training probably a month before and I'm out here selling my car for the first time. And, uh, well, it wasn't my first car. And so anyway, I get out there and this this older couple and they're looking at a Toyota Corolla and we go and we get in the car and, and I'm doing my, my presentation, right? My little, my little show around. So I pull it out from the parking spot and we got the doors open and we're looking and I'm doing my very positive polished, not natural presentation, right? So I feel like a textbook because that's a, that's all I've known. I haven't had a chance to work into my, uh, my personality into, into the presentation yet. Like it's just, all right, we're going by the script off of what I remember in my head. And I remember opening, uh, my, like kind of my into getting to know you, these open-ended questions. And it was funny because imagine this red Toyota Corolla right here in the middle of the parking lot and a, like a 21 year old Matt Taylor with a still squeaky voice and, and like tucked in shirt, like just, you can tell has no clue what he's doing, uh, talking with this couple and, um, they're not happy. They're not smiling. It's, it's just a very, very cold, cold conversation. Well, we get to this idea that I'm like, hey, um, so do you guys go to church? Yeah. Cool. Me too. I'm actually doing kids ministry at a church down the road. And you, as soon as I said that, as soon as they made the connection of pastor and car salesman, I don't know who hurt them. I don't know what life situation happened for them. I don't know what it was, but that was like fire to the gasoline and they blew up. It was crazy. He looked at his wife and said, hey. We got to go get get, and like couldn't complete sentences, made their way back to the car, peeled out of the parking lot and left me stranded next to this red Toyota Corolla with the hood popped, all the doors open in the middle of the parking lot. And the only thing I knew to do was to look into the dealership where I was. And I saw a couple of my my um, peers and a couple of the other staff at the dealership just laughing at me. I don't know if this was a setup. I don't know if they just thought it was funny how all this happened, but it was crazy to me. But that didn't stop me from moving forward. That was just an obstacle and an opportunity to learn from what I did wrong. Every obstacle is an opportunity for you to learn, either to, to, to figure out what it is, where's a tension point, what it is that's holding you back, what it is that that is preventing it from being a yes. Obstacles are opportunities. You just need to be intentional and creative enough to figure out what that looks like. So again, let's just recap real quick. Number one, start with why. Why are you doing what you're doing? What's the purpose? Have a clear direction for what you're doing. Number two, how do you feel? The emotional health of not only you, but your team is vital in everything that you do. And number three, obstacles are opportunities. 
Those are some of the most important things that I can share with you in this first part of finding your way to yes. Next time, we're going to continue with three different other ideas and uh, more fun stories along the way. But I would love to hear from you. I'd love to get your feedback. If you would, just send me an email at mtaylor at msaog.org. Again, that's mtaylor at msaog.org. And I'd love to talk with you and maybe do a podcast on some things that are interesting to you. If you haven't yet, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe to this channel and go ahead and leave us a review because that helps us get this message to more people. Can't wait to join back with you for part two of finding your way to yes. Remember, I truly believe the best is yet to come.